Welcome to Gems of Motherhood. I'm your host, Sharon Khan. I'm here to connect you with some amazing gems of mothers from all walks of life. Each week, you'll hear interviews as well as resources and actionable tips that you can implement in your daily life to be the best gem God has called you to be. Thanks for walking this journey with me today. Please write us a review if you've enjoyed the show. Stay tuned to the end of the show for a very special promo from Cuckoo's Playhouse. Now let's get into episode six with Karis Ferris. And so then I got in the in a place where I was comfortable with having a child and then I had a miscarriage. And so it just opened me up to saying, okay, Lord, what do you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you want from me in this? Now, this is a hard topic that we'll be touching on today. But God loved us so much, He says He can give us beauty for ashes, according to Isaiah 61.3. Today, Karis Ferris will be talking to us about her miscarriages and her finding hope through it. Karis is a gifted photographer, writer, and speaker. She's the eldest grandchild of Dr. Tony Evans and the late Lois Evans. She desires to encourage other young women to seek Jesus in their journeys as wives, mothers, and as businesswomen. She's also a dedicated wife to Joshua and mother of almost three children. Welcome, Karis, to the Gems of Motherhood podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Firstly, congratulations on the soon to come. (laughs) Yes, thank you. (laughs) Well, can you just introduce yourself really quickly and then we'll get into your story? Absolutely. So I'm Karis, as you mentioned. Um, I'm a photographer of both weddings, lifestyle, and commercial. Um, I am married to my husband, Joshua, for almost six years now, and we have uh, almost three kids. And so it has been um, just a journey for us getting married really young and having children really young and owning a business (laughs) um, really young. And so we've been (laughs) kind of on this ride um, together, but it's it's been awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a lot when you have three kids. I have one and I just can't imagine when people have multiple. I'm like, you are super mama. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dying. (laughs) So today we're going to focus on just a little bit of a harder part of your story. Sure. Let's talk about what happened with both of your miscarriages. Losing a baby to miscarriage or later in pregnancy is always a really heartbreaking subject. And I know you you went through it to yourself, to miscarriages, you know. Yeah. Thank you just for being so brave to relieve your experience again with us today. Can you just tell me the story of your first and second miscarriages? Yeah, and I've actually had three miscarriages. Um, oh, I had wow. two this past year, so I had two in 2019, and then I had one um, right in between our daughter and son. Um, I don't know, I think that might have been 2016. 16 um, or 2017, one of those years. Um, But yeah, my first miscarriage, I will say, I will just say as a blanket statement over just my miscarriage experience in general, I will say it has not been your typical miscarriage experience from an emotional uh, standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, Every time I've had a miscarriage, I have not um, had the serious emotional response that I know to be true of so many women who have miscarriages and, you know, even my own friends who's who have had miscarriages I don't have that you know same emotional response and I think that after these past two miscarriages that I had this year um what one thing I really learned about myself is that because I have such a trust that God knows exactly what he's doing and that his plan is the absolute
absolute best plan for my life. Mm-hmm. My miscarriages aren't painfully and emotional for me because I just know that if this wasn't the time for me, you know, to be having a baby, that God has something better in store. And I think I know that mm-hmm. for sure because after my first miscarriage, um, you know, shortly after that, we got pregnant again with my son, JT, and he's just awesome. And we love him so much. And, you know, I think all the time that, oh man, you know, if I hadn't had that miscarriage, if I had another baby, obviously we would love that baby too, but we just love our son so much and can't imagine anyone else being here, but him right now. And he was who God had planned to be here. Mm -hmm. And so, with the other miscarriages that I've had, I haven't had, you know, the really strong emotional um, response because I just know that God has another baby in store and that this baby wasn't the one that he had planned for us at this time. Um, Mm -hmm. But whatever his plan is, is better. So I'll say that to blanket statement, (laughs) my experiences, Um, but specifically um, the miscarriages that I've had have kind of been unexplained. Um, I think one was a blighted ovum. And so there was like no baby in the sack, although it had been growing. And so with one of the miscarriages, I think I, I had to wait, I think maybe five weeks to actually miscarry. Um, And so I found out I was pregnant and I think about three weeks later, we found out it was a blighted ovum and they were telling me, you know, well, you just have to kind of wait to miscarry because we know there's no Mm -hmm. baby. Uh, but you know, we're just going to allow you to naturally miscarriage or miscarry. And I remember, um, you know, God's grace is just so evident in every single situation that I've had personally. Cause I remember we were actually, um, going on vacation and I prayed, I was like, Lord, you know, if you're going to cause me to miscarry, just wait, wait until after my vacation, <laughs> wait until, you know, Josh and I have a chance to just like reconnect and just yeah. talk and I have time to just rest. And that's exactly what he did. And oh, I think it was maybe two days after we came back from vacation, um, I miscarried and it was very painful physically. It was right. very painful. Um, it was very, very painful. I do remember that. And then I ended up going to the ER, but that being said, like God was just so good in answering my request to just wait since it was mm-hmm. something that we knew was going to happen. Um, and then in another one of my miscarriages about two weeks before I miscarried, I just had extreme anxiety and I am not a person who struggles with anxiety whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I usually am just like, you know, God has a plan, whatever is going to happen is going to happen and it's for my good. And that's just how I usually am about yeah. most things. But for some reason, I just had this awful feeling and the feeling was that I was going to die in childbirth. Um, And I don't know, I don't know where that came from. It was just terrible. And I, I went to my grandparents' house and I will remember laying in their bed and crying on my grandmother's lap and they, my grandmother and grandfather prayed over me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just told them, I am just terrified that something is going to happen. I was like, I don't know what, but I feel like I'm going to die in childbirth. Um, But it was terrible. And I think it was three days of that. Um, And I found a book called Supernatural Childbirth. Um, But it basically just declares the promises of God um, about women bearing children. And so through that, you know, just terrible anxiety experience of feeling like I was going to die in childbirth. I found this book and really just prayed through it. Um, Just declare God's promises about, um, you know, that women will not cast, you know, their fruit before it's time. And just all of these things I prayed um, and just was able to get a piece about it. And I did 
still have a miscarriage, but because I had this wonderful foundation of God's promises um, about children and about the labor experience and all of that, mm-hmm. it wasn't emotional because I knew that, okay, number he prepared one, you for it. God spared me from this anxiety of like, I'm going to die in childbirth. But right. also, you know, secondarily, it was just so important for me to have a good foundation of what does God say about having children? Um, right. And it really prepared me for this current pregnancy. Wow. Wow. That's really something. Um, I feel like, you know, as moms, we kind of have that sort of like instinct. I remember when I was in labor with my daughter and I was so cold and I felt so weak. And the nurse told me, close your eyes and just go to sleep. And I told her, I said, no, I can't do that because I know if I did that right now, I'm not ever going to wake up. Mm. And I told my husband that because I, I said to my husband, I'm so tired. And he's like, just go to sleep. I said, I can't because I don't think I'm going to wake up if I went to sleep. He, and he just tried to keep me up. Right. And it kind of almost feel like it was like the same experience, but not really, you know, and how like you, you kind of instinctively feel like, you know, something is going on with your body. Like as women, we are always so aware of what's going on with our body. I mean, it's important to be aware of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow, that's something. And you shared that book, Supernatural Childbirth. That yeah. sounds like an incredible book. I read a book called, <laughs> I read a book, I think it was called Praying Through Your Pregnancy, which mm. was one of, which was a really, really amazing book as well, because it was telling you to pray through like every single thing, you know, pray through like generational curses, pray through whatever that's, you know, in your past, whatever that's going to be in the future. And it was just, it was just really, really good. Um, And I see, you know, some of the fruit of it in my prayer right now in my, in my daughter. And I recommend that to every single, you know, moms who are pregnant uh, to read that book because I I just, you know, it was just such an incredible book to have. Now, going back to your miscarriage, is there something about, you know, a loss being so sudden that kind of makes, I know that you didn't go through like an emotional grief, but was there like a, even like a process that you had to go through? Yeah, I mean, there was. I think that, you know, although it wasn't an emotional loss of like, oh, I was anticipating this child and all Mm -hmm. that, I think that for me, it was more um, just the stage that I was in. So, when I when I got pregnant, um, the the I guess this past year, I was in a in a stage where I was like, I'm not getting pregnant right now. <laughs> I'm going to wait. I'm going to mm-hmm. have two years. I'm going to get my body in the place where I want it to be. I'm going to do A, B, and C. I had all these goals, and I was like, a baby doesn't fit into the picture um, right now. And and so I was just in a place where I was really banking on my own plans and not considering what God might have for me. Mm-hmm. And so that first pregnancy was only almost like just a glass shattering, like, oh my gosh, my plans moment. (laughs) And so I really feel like God used it to just say, hey, you're not in control. I'm in control. And what I say is going to happen is what needs to happen. And so I think that that was the emotional um, thing for me was just realizing, okay, like, it doesn't matter what I have planned. What is God asking of me in this season? What does God want for my marriage and my family um, in terms of having more children? Not my plan, but really what is the Lord's? And I wasn't seeking him out for that, 
you know, particular, <laughs> particular thing at the time in terms of having children. I was just relying really on my own self. And so then I got in the, in a place where I was comfortable with having a child and then I had a miscarriage. And so it just opened me up to saying, okay, Lord, what do you want? <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you want for me in this? And then it was the miscarriage where, um, you know, I, I had, um, that anxiety about dying, uh, after, after the first miscarriage, which has kind of shattered my expectations right. of my life for the next few years, it was then the <laughs> miscarriage that I had anxiety for. And I really think that God taught me through that, um, you know, that even though I'm kind of, I have, um, subjected myself to whatever his will is, um, that there, that I still have to meet with him daily in prayer Amen. for a daily, what do you want from me today? How, like, I need you today. <laughs> um, sort of a, a daily, uh, sort of guide that I needed and I needed to be, um, in, in prayer with him on a daily and consistent basis. And so through each miscarriage, it was definitely emotional, not in the sense of losing a child, mm-hmm. um, but just in a sense of like losing, control of myself and my body and, and, you know, what I wanted to do and all of that and just completely surrendering um, to God in every way. Isn't it uh, funny that, you know, we kind of always have to be uh, in his presence, even now with kids, we need him all the time. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know, with the, with the three miscarriage that you went through, did you ever feel like the door was shutting on future pregnancies? Yeah, I did. Actually, when I got pregnant, um, this current pregnancy, I was going to, I had been going to a doctor and just getting tests done because I was like, okay, at this point, I've had two, you know, pretty consecutive miscarriages. The first miscarriage was in September. Um, the second was in November. And so I was like, okay, well, I just need to make sure that things with my health are fine. And my grandmother was the one to say, go to a doctor and just make sure that physically you are fine. Um, and so Mm -hmm. I was going to the doctor and the doctor was like, okay, don't get pregnant right now because we just need to figure out what's happening. We need to do all these tests. And so I was in the process of just getting, you know, blood tests done, getting, you know, got checked in all these different ways. Um, and I had one more test to do and then found out I was pregnant. Oh, (laughs) wow. Um, I'm so sorry, but I accidentally got pregnant. Um, (laughs) and so, yeah, right before this pregnancy, I was in that process of just trying to make sure health wise and that I was totally fine. Um, but I mean, it worked out (laughs) because I was fine health wise and, um, and, and I was already set up in a situation to be, um, you know, closely monitored for the beginning of that pregnancy, which, or this pregnancy, which turned out to be wonderful because in the beginning of this pregnancy, um, there, I had like bleeding and some issues and ended up having to be on bed rest for almost a month. And, um, I had already kind of was invested with a doctor, with a family um, Mm -hmm. doctor who's family friends with us. And so again, part of the Lord's plan of me already having been, you know, with someone and them being able to walk me through that from the very beginning, because usually with pregnancies, you don't see a doctor until you're like 12 weeks pregnant. Exactly. Um, You you kind of have a confirmation, but then they don't really see you again until, um, you know, a a while later. But since I was already in current process, she was able just to watch me uh, over that time and, and blood tests and all of that. And, um, to be able to tell me, Hey, you need to be on bed rest, um, and just be with me over that period of time. 
That's that's awesome. That's totally the Lord. Um, Absolutely. I mean, when the doctor had first told you, do not get pregnant right now because, you know, we want to make sure that we did all the tests and then all of a sudden you got pregnant. Yeah. So in that moment, what thought came into your mind? The, the thought that came into my mind, I, probably the first thought was like, okay, here we go again. <laughs> Lord, what are you trying to do here? Um, but I was just, I was genuinely excited um, because regardless of a miscarriage or, you know, um, if this baby were to come to fruition, I just was excited for the opportunity for a life, um, to come into our family. Um, or if not a life to learn more or whatever, you know, God had in store for me this go around. Mm -hmm. And so either way, whether it be a miscarriage or a new life, I knew that God was going to force me to grow in some way. And so the prospect of either one of those was, was exciting for a new life. And I was just eager for whatever, Uh, he wanted me to learn if it didn't turn out that way. Awesome. I mean, well, during your miscarriages, right, when you suffered your loss, how did you find hope through your pain? Was there a specific promise that God had spoke over your life that you could share with us? Yeah, I'm actually going to take a quick second to get out this notebook because I actually have it right next to me. Um, And it's really what I went through um, just in terms of uh, praying over myself and um, over, you know, the the upcoming baby that we had. Um, So if you give me a quick second. Okay, I'll read a prayer that I wrote um, that really kind of summarizes, I think, um, what I was learning through the miscarriages. Okay, so this is what I prayed just about having a healthy baby. I said, I have faith that God is giving me a healthy baby and a safe delivery. And there is nothing, and I was talking to the enemy in this, mm-hmm. this sentence, and there's nothing that the enemy can do about it. Um, I will not be indulging in fear um, that the enemy brings because fear is not of God. And mm-hmm. I've had enough of your, I'm talking to the enemy, of, you, of, you, of your trifling uh, tail trying to distract me from God. No more. Um, you, the enemy, will not ruin my life with fear because I proclaim God's promises over my life and the life of my family from now until death. Um, you, the enemy, are not welcome in my mind and life. I cast you out. And so that, I, I pray that again and again. This is a ton of, I mean, I have a ton of prayers in this little book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, it was mostly talking to the enemy because I was like, you're trying to, you know, mentally, right. um, you know, attack you from, yeah. yeah, from being positive about the life or being positive about what God is, you know, planning for me to grow through just the initial pregnancy itself. And so I think that sometimes, I mean, in that purpose specifically, I was proclaiming like what, you know, what God is in my life and what I will or will not allow the enemy to do um, in my mind. Yeah, I mean, we have to do that because the enemy is here to kill and to destroy. Even David had to, you know, write his own psalms and encourage himself, right? Yeah. Um, So what would you say to a mom who is going through a miscarriage? Yes, I will say if you're currently going through a miscarriage, look for what God is trying to teach you. Actively ask him what do you want me to do to this time? What are you wanting me to learn through this? Um, and I'm not saying don't focus on the emotional pain that miscarriages can bring um, and physical pain as well, because they, t- 
they do hurt. Um, but just to be more focused on God's point um, in this so that you really can uh, grow from it and get closer to what he does want for you. Amen. Now, how can we love others going through this pain? And how do you suggest we help in practical ways for someone who may be going through it? Yeah, I would just say to pray um, for them and mm-hmm. and obviously serve in any way. If it's watching other kids, if it's coming and doing dishes, you know, in, in different ways to serve. But in praying for them, I think that a lot of or most of the times when I was having miscarriages, I didn't know in that moment what I needed prayer for. Like if someone said, how can I pray for you? I would have been like, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) And so I think that just praying behind the scenes and just, you know, being a prayer warrior on their behalf, even if they don't know that you're, you know, in, in deep prayer for them. Um, and, and in all aspects of their life, pray for them. Um, because, what the Lord may be teaching them, you don't know, maybe they don't know. And so asking right. God to reveal that. Um, and then also just for the preservation of life as well, um, to be praying over them um, for their for their unborn. I love that preservation of life. Now, so were, did you guys have, have you guys always planned to have three children or do you want more yeah, we definitely want more. I remember one of the things that attracted us to each other was that we both wanted a lot of kids. Um, and we never, we've never really been able to put a number on what a lot mm-hmm. of kids means. Mm-hmm. And I think we both kind of said, you know, a minimum of four would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we've really set a maximum or a stopping point for ourselves. I think, you know, when God says it's it's it, that's it for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Us know that. <laughs> um, otherwise, we really do believe and feel that children are a blessing. Um, and every single time we've, we've had a child, we have just been blessed in so many different ways. Um, obviously by the child itself, but just also in life circumstances. And we don't think that that's a coincidence mm-hmm. um, when God says that children are a blessing. Amen. <laughs> uh, Amen. They they are definitely a blessing. And you guys have such cute kids. Thank you. <laughs> they are adorable. They've got Thank such an infectious you. smile. Yes. Oh, they're the best. They are the <laughs> best. But, you know, every, every mother says that about them. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what, what was a, a practical example in your experience of someone who may have said or did something for you that made a tremendous difference when you went through your miscarriages besides yeah, prayer? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would say my aunt, um, Priscilla, she had a miscarriage and I had no clue that she had had a miscarriage, mm. um, in, in her, you know, childbearing years. <laughs> and so I, I had no clue. And, and so I remember telling her, I feel guilty for not having this emotional reaction to losing a child, you know? And she was like, well, I, I didn't have that emotional reaction. And I was like, what? <laughs> and because I've, I've never heard of anyone who didn't have, you know, an emotional, just difficult time with, with losing, um, a child, you know, to miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And so when she had told me that she didn't have this, you know, severe emotional reaction, it almost gave me permission to say, okay, it's okay that I don't, you know, feel this terrible thing. And so because that's okay, what is God, what is, what's the point of this? (laughs) If, if, you know, if the point isn't to have an emotional reaction because I didn't have that and she didn't either. So that must mean it's okay. And I'm not just like this weird person out here all alone. (laughs) And, you know, 
who has issues because they didn't have, you know, a crying fest because they lost a child. What else is there for this? What, what other purpose does this have? So it really opened me up to saying, okay, Lord, what, what do you, what do you want me to do with this? Um, instead of just like trying to hide it and feel guilty about not mm-hmm. crying and being so upset over, over the loss itself. Mm. That- yeah, it's just amazing how God is such a, a great comforter and oh, yeah. um, he has given you, you know, that peace and that strength and that uh, courage uh, just to trust and have faith in him and the promises that he had before you and that he has before you. Um yeah. And for you to feel like, you know, you don't have to go through that emotional pain and it is okay that you don't go through that, but yet you have that strong foundation in, in him and that's what, that, that's what really matters, right? Yeah. Um, and having such an, you know, incredible story of your lost and, and now soon to labor, I, I just want to touch a little bit on the subject of legacy here because you have great legacy. How do you think you're leaving a legacy for your children? Mm-hmm. Well, that is such a loaded question. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> In what way? Like in in the way that you are teaching your children right now, you know, how do you teach your children about the Lord? How are you leaving um, that legacy of faith to your children and letting them know that Christ is your savior, Christ is Lord, and, and that he took care of mommy, he's going to take care of you, or in that kind of aspect? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I would say that my children have probably taught me more than I've taught them. <laughs> um, and because, well, I, and I say that because, um, you know, in different things that we've dealt with with the kids and, you know, they don't have any health issues. They, there's no, nothing major that, you know, is wrong with our kids. But in trying to teach them, I've realized that I cannot do it without God. I can't teach Ellie mm-hmm. how to be respectful um, without God. Mm-hmm. And so in every way, they have taught me that I can't teach them at like anything at all unless I'm attaching it to Christ. And what that has meant in turn is that I have to attach all of my areas in my life to Christ so that number one, they can see it being done. Um, and then so they can in turn hear it from me. Um, so, you know, let's say if I'm cooking, for example, um, and, and Elaine, you know, she loves cooking. She wants to help me cook. Um, and, and she's asked me lots of questions during that time over everything. And one major principle that we have in the kitchen is, you know, the, the first rule of cooking is listening and, mm-hmm. and is, and is being obedient. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even in something like cooking, I always bring that back to the Lord. Like what, what does God ask us to do before we do anything? We have right. to listen and obey. And so really it's taught me that in everything that I do, I have to be modeling Christ. And then in everything yeah. that I'm teaching them, not only do I have to model Christ for them to see, but I need to, to speak it, to tell them how everything we're doing um, you know, connect with what God wants for us and what he has asked us to do and what he's asked us not to do. And so, yeah, it's been a full circle. Um, parenting is a full circle thing for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of, of teaching them and learning myself and really just connecting that all to Christ. Yeah. I totally agree. It being a full circle because I know my daughter has taught me a lot too, you know, to also partly also to rely a lot more on Christ because I still need it day to day. 
you know, when they battle you during their sleep, when they battle you with different things. And we have to teach them how to obey and we have to think about how we obey our, we obey God, you know? (laughs) So, you know, we're just about coming at the end of the show, but I wanted to ask you one last question. Is there anything that you would like to share with other gems of mothers out there? Yeah, I would just say that motherhood is just such a blessing. Um, And if you haven't, you know, had a chance to be a mother yet, if you're on the way to becoming a mother, or if you're trying, you know, with your husband to become a mother, um, there are so many things before motherhood um, as well that are a blessing. And so many things after. And so number one, enjoy and really um, extract what God is teaching you in the season that you're in whether that's trying to have a baby or you're currently pregnant or you just had a baby and you're trying to have another, whatever season you're in, extract what God has for you. Um, Because although motherhood is definitely a blessing, so is every other stage of the process. So set number one, and is there more? Oh, (laughs) I think I just all wrapped it into one. (laughs) I shouldn't say that. No, I just wrapped it into one. There you go. It's just number one. Great. Thank you, Karis. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so encouraged by what you said today, and it's been a pleasure chatting with you. It's been a pleasure chatting with you as well. Thank you so much for having me. Before I share our wonderful partnership, head on over to make a review if you enjoyed the show. Most of you know I have a bilingual daughter. So if you're interested in exposing your children to Spanish as a second language, head over to Cuckoo's Playhouse. They are live streaming their music and movement classes in Spanish for babies, toddlers, and preschoolers every day from Monday through Saturday. These classes are fun, interactive, and educational, and they are offering our GEMS a 40% discount in their first class. Just apply the code GEMS40 during sign up. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood Podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I hope you will find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately, he knows what you're going through, and he knows what you need. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.